Hello and welcome, you're listening to Bits and Pieces for the Summer Camp Newbie by me, Bethany Wright. Hello and welcome back to Bits and Pieces for the Summer Camp Newbie with me, Bethany. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're enjoying the fact that episodes are now every two weeks, so I hope you're tuning in and listening to this week's episode. I want to say a huge thank you to everybody that is chatting to me online. I have gotten into some little Facebook groups recently, which I have kind of avoided for a long time because I thought they were scams. I thought that they were full of people just fishing for information to be used against summer camps rather than actual genuine people that want to use and need help. And so I've actually dived into that, giving advice and tips. And I hope you're, if some of you have found me here through those Facebook groups, hi, welcome, welcome to the community. I hope you found a job. And if not, one is on the way. Honestly, camps are hiring As of now, it is the beginning of February as I record this. So some camps have only just started their hiring process. Some camps started their hiring process earlier. So don't worry, all is well. They need to know how many campers they have signed up first before they know how many staff to hire. Everything is okay, all right? Some people don't get hired until March and April and it's nerve wracking because some people got hired in November. So. If you're still on the lookout, fingers crossed for you, make sure that you keep looking at your application, double checking, reading, proofreading, all of that fun stuff. Check out an earlier episode where I go through how to vamp up your application and make sure everything is all good. So yeah, I hope you're all doing well. Happy, happy February, happy February. January's gone, the longest month, the dreariest month. We've just had beautiful weather here in Toronto. It was absolutely gorgeous. Reached 14 degrees in February. That's out of this world. Absolutely wild. So that's awful. But in other news, I I don't know if any of you follow me on Instagram, but unfortunately I have cracked a rib. Um, So I was in severe pain and I'm currently um, suffering with a cracked rib and um, on take it easy for six weeks, which is really hard when you're um, in the fitness world and that is your livelihood. So I've had to make some adjustments, make my goals more achievable in this state. And I'm just happy that we found it and my body reacted the way it did. So we can, I can recover and I can be stronger than ever for the summer ahead. So enough about me. You're here to listen to an amazing, insightful episode. This week's episode, we're on episode number 65. Can you believe it? We are on 65 episodes of this thing. And this week's episode is one that many people have asked me to cover, give tips about, please. And it's about long haul flights. Maybe it's your first time flying solo. Maybe it's your first time on a plane. Maybe it's your first time going longer than two or three hours, especially if you're in Europe. It's a big jump in time that you're on a plane for. And how do I, how do I survive that? What do I do? 
um, we've been so dependent on technology to be able to scroll through train rides and bus rides and car rides. But the minute you're on a plane, what do I do? I can't endlessly scroll the flight away. So don't worry. I'm going to be here to give you some top tips, things that I personally like to do. But I just want you to know I'm five foot two. So things that I find enjoyable on a plane might not be enjoyable for you as I can fit comfortably in an economy seat and have plenty of leg room to have my bag by my feet. Some people, like my fiance, he can't do that. He's 6'5", and an economy seat is brutal to him. So please take everything I'm saying with a pinch of salt and apply it to your own life. But for all intents and purposes, welcome to the episode. Let's get into it. So whether you have been on many flights before or this is your first time flying solo or even stepping foot on a plane, these tips are going to really help you in surviving a long-haul flight. Now, Bethany, what do you class as a long-haul flight? Now, I would say anything over five hours is a long-haul flight to me. I was born and raised in England, so jetting off to everywhere in Europe was relatively easy. If you can sit in a car for that long, you're okay, right? Whereas once I get to five hours in a car, I'm getting antsy. And that's the same when on a plane. Once I hit that five hour mark, I too am getting antsy. So these tips are for flights over five hours, especially if you're going to summer camp this summer and maybe you're going over to the west coast from Europe, or if you're coming to the east coast from like Australia, New Zealand. They're long flights, sometimes two or three long flights. So hopefully these tips will help you on your journey. So my first tip is what everyone says, arrive early. Since the pandemic, I have found airports terrible, terrible places. The systems that were put in place have all been messed up due to the pandemic and things just run slower now. And hopefully it will speed up sometime soon. But since I've flown in the pandemic, things have been slower. So arrive early. International flights arrive three hours before and you'll be good. Some people like to not be there that early. I personally have rushed through flights and checked in my bags, rushed through, thought I'd be okay, but forgot about my wondering if my bags would be okay. And guess what? They weren't. The bags got lost and that's because it didn't have enough time from checking in to getting on the plane. And even though I ran through the airport, like luggage handlers don't care. They're not like running to make sure it speeds up on the conveyor belt to get to the plane. If it misses, it misses and it's my fault for turning up late. So arrive early, top tip. Allow time for check-in. I mean, I've just told you those systems are now dreadful. Security screenings now are off the charts. It's so slow because they're they're so vigilant, which makes their job slower, which makes the lines longer, right? you've got to compensate it a little bit in the fact that, yeah, it's going to be a long wait because they're doing their jobs properly. And you don't know if there's going to be any unexpected delays 
from when you check in to when you're actually boarding that flight. Maybe you get to a gate and it gets over the tannoy that the gate changed and you've got to go to the other side of the airport now. So you want to make sure that you arrive early enough to make sure it's a less stressful flight. My second tip is to pack your essentials in your hand luggage. And Bethany, what are essentials? So obviously your passport, your purse, your wallet, any other forms of ID, I would say your visa documents should all be in your hand luggage. I would say your any medications, if you have medications. Other things I would suggest are essential are technology items, phone, iPad, um, headphones, earphones. I would also say an essential item is some basic toiletries, a toothbrush, disposable mouthwash, a little bit of deodorant. Um, and then I always put in a change of clothes. You never know if your bag's ever going to get there. You never know if you're going to be delayed and not be able to access your luggage. So you want a change of underwear. So in my top tip is pack essentials in your hand luggage. I always like to imagine if my bag got lost for three days, what would I be okay with not having? That's in my packed luggage, my checked luggage. Things that I wouldn't be okay and I'd be stressing about and oh my God, I can't live without, that should be in your hand luggage, okay? That's a really great way to differentiate. The third top tip I would give for you is like follow baggage allowance rules. Like familiar yourselves with your airline's weight limits or size limits to ensure that your checked bag follows the guidelines and that way you'll save money because you're not having to charge overage fees. And the same with your your personal item or your carry-on luggage, right? So many airlines now are making you pay to check your hand luggage in at the gate due to it not fitting the requirements and due to them not really having any space for your stuff. Like when people, we're packing more and more when we travel now. That's just the nature of the beast, right? And they didn't expect us to come with all of this stuff. So I like to have a backpack as my personal, as my um, personal item. And then my carry-on item is either a rolling mini suitcase or something a little bit bigger on wheels that I can pull. And then that one that I can pull is over my head in the overhead compartment. And then my backpack is small enough that it's by my feet under the seat in front of me. So it doesn't bother my leg room or anything like that or the people next to me. So as long as I follow that, I know I'm going to have a comfortable long trip. And then if the flight is full, airlines are usually nice and say, does anybody want to give up any of their hand luggage items to be checked in at the gate for free? And then that way, because you have two, you can say, yeah, okay. And your rolling luggage gets checked on for free and you save money. So it's a (laughs) win-win. My next top tip for surviving a long haul flight is how you dress. How you dress is essential. 
I dress in the comfiest clothes ever, ever. I, my airplane outfit is always down to a T, always. You ready? It is a t-shirt with a hoodie and a check shirt on top with leggings on my bottom half. And then I always, without fail, wear a flat runner, whether it's a Converse, a Van, or like a New Balance running shoe. And that is my fit. If the why I do it like that is the fact I've got three layers on top that I can take on and off whether the plane is hot or cold because cabin temperatures can vary. And then if I'm not wearing it, I can put it around me like a blanket or whatever. I always wear socks, even if it's really warm and I've worn like Burks or flip-flops to the airport, I always change my footwear because you don't want bare feet on a flight and you don't want smelly feet on a flight. Put socks on, put shoes on. Like airplane is like being outside. They're dirty. So that's why I do that. And leggings, they're comfy as hell. Of course I'm going to wear leggings. I'm not going to be a schmuck and wear jeans on a flight. Are you nuts? Um, so yeah, so dress comfortably. Remember, you're going to be sat in this spot for hours on end. You want to be comfortable sat in your seat. So why wouldn't you wear like loungewear or activewear or something really nice and comfortable for your flight? My next top tip for surviving a long flight is staying hydrated. Now, when I first started flying solo places, I was afraid to drink water because I was afraid to worry the people around me about, oh, excuse me, I need to go to the bathroom again. Oh, sorry, guys, I need to get up again and go to the washroom. Um, But I was so wrong. The air inside a plane can be so dry and it's so dehydrating being up in in a plane, up in that atmosphere. It it just, it sucks any moisture out of your body. And that can lead to headaches that can leave you feeling unwell. So make sure that you have water with you as you're boarding a plane uh, during your flight. I like to take my reusable water bottle with me without any fluids in when I go through security, fill it up for free once I'm past like the security part and roaming around in departures, I fill it up at the free fountains and then I have my water bottle with me on the flight so I can take small sips, I can hydrate myself and then that way if we're waiting for a gate on the other side or we're waiting on the runway or anything like that, any unexpected stuff, at least I've still got a drink, I've still got water Um, and that's all it is really. In case of an emergency, I have a full water bottle and I've not spent $5 or five pounds on the water because I didn't have one to walk through the gate, right? So keep yourself hydrated, honestly. Number six. Now this is one that I particularly don't do. And I think it's because the longest flight I've ever been on is eight hours. And so I'm I don't really do this. So I know actions speak louder than words, but I would suggest if you're doing any long, long, long flights, so if your flight time is double digits, you should be doing this. You absolutely should be doing this. And the tip is to move around and stretch during your flight. And 
I get it. Moving around the cabin promotes blood circulation and it alleviates muscle stiffness and it's just great for your overall health whilst you're in this tin can flying through the air, right? So on a shorter flight that I'm usually on, I don't, if I don't have to get up to go to the bathroom, I don't generally get up, but I do stretch in my seat. So I always do heel lifts to make sure that um, my feet are working. I do um, ankle circles. I do my neck stretches going from side to side, nodding yes, shaking my head no. I do shoulder rolls and then I do clenching my fists and spreading out my fingers out wide. So I work on the extremities and I do that every so often. But when I do go up for the washroom, I don't just walk to the washroom. I do move around the cabin when I go to the washroom. So I do go walk to the front. If the plane is big enough, I walk to the front. I walk along the front as I'm like hitting business or first class and then go up the other aisle, hit a washroom on my way up. When I come out the washroom, I go all the way to the top to where the um, like air air hostesses and hosts are go along the back and then back down to my seat. So I do like a lap of the plane essentially. However, I only do that if I need the bathroom. (laughs) So if you're good doing like double digits, definitely move around and stretch. Your body will enjoy you for doing that. My next tip is quite a personal one actually. I'm, I'm gonna talk about ear pressure. Like some of you are like, Bethany, what are you on about? I have really sensitive ears. Like I remember going to like a ear doctor wants to get my ears cleaned out. And they were like, you have really mucousy ears. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, So now I get called mucous ears. (laughs) Um, So my ears are really sensitive, especially on takeoff and landing. And this is totally normal. And the way I try and diffuse the ear pressure is I pop in a chewing gum and I chew as we take off and I chew as we come back down. That any change, that any of the change in cabin pressure, in altitude, I am chewing, 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 chewing. That jaw action really helps my ears because before I was a seasoned traveler, um, I would get really bad ears, like even coming home from Spain and things like that, the ear pressure would be so bad. And now I know why babies cry on planes. It's because the ear pressure is so bad in their ears and they need their ears to pop and they just don't know how to do it. And I would hold my nose, hold my breath and try and breathe through my mouth, but holding it closed to try and pop my ears. You know what I mean? you're all trying to do it now, right? So that's what I would try and do. And it just would never pop. And it would take me a few hours before I could pop, pop my ears again. So definitely, if you're a sufferer like me, get that chewing gum in, get those boiled sweets, yawn, swallow. Some people like to wear earplugs. For me, that hurts my ears more. So you're going to have to do a little experimentation and that's okay. But definitely take care of your ears, especially on takeoff and landing. My next tip is 
It's getting harder and harder as technology like transitions, but entertainment, keeping yourself entertained for the flight is a must have these days. You can't just expect that there's going to be a TV in the headrest that you'll be able to just immerse yourself with for the full flight. Airlines are changing, plane design is changing, technology is changing. So you need to be prepared for that. I remember, wow, this was a long time ago, but I couldn't find a plug socket and outlet whilst I was waiting to board my flight. So I was like, oh, I'll just let my battery drain down and I'll charge it on the pl- on the plane. There's always a USB plug. There's always a um, outlet like by your feet. I'll be fine. I get on the plane and there's no USBs. There's no outlets. There is nothing to charge my device with. And I'm like, so what do I do? There was no TVs on the back of the chairs. And I was there for six hours with no entertainment. And I was there twiddling my thumbs. And that was like a wake up call for Bethany. It was like, okay, sort your life out. Next time you fly, you will not let this happen. Because I'll tell you, it was the longest six hours that I've been a part of. I'm not gonna lie. So here's my top tip. I always have a technology option and I always have a paper option. So if my battery ever runs out, I always have something to fall back on. Now, I'm an Apple girly. I will tell you I'm recording this podcast right now with my MacBook Air in front of me, with my Apple Watch on my wrist, with my beautiful iPhone on the desk next to me in do not disturb mode, and my AirPods are charging in the next room. I am fully an Apple girly. However, on a flight, not many entertainment systems are compatible with your AirPods. So I always pack a earphone with a headphone jack attached to it so I'm able to watch the in-flight entertainment. I also, to cover my back, because I don't know what make plane is going to come into my gate, I always download the airline's app on my phone just in case there's no TVs in the back and technology now they don't put their in-flight entertainment on the TVs in their planes they do it via an app in your phone and you can connect to their Wi-Fi that only supports their in-flight entertainment app WestJet do it I've done some Air Canada flights that do it technology this is what I mean when technology is evolving okay so checklist. We download the airline's apps for their in-flight entertainment. We download our own media off our streaming services. So if there's something in the in-flight entertainment that we don't like, we have our own stuff we can binge because we're a nation of binge watchers. We're a generation of instant viewing pleasure, right? So download what you want. Also, Next tip, making sure that we have those headphone jack headphones in my checklist. Yes. And then finally, your off-screen version of entertainment. For me, it's a Sudoku book. I 
It's my guilty pleasure to buy a new one when I'm at the airport. I always have a pen in my bag, so I don't need to buy a pen. And that's my guilty pleasure whilst on a flight. I love doing them. Keeps the brain going. Sometimes I do it when I'm listening to a playlist that I pre-downloaded or a podcast or something. So I'm keeping my mind and my ears busy so I'm not listening to people snore or babies cry around me when I'm doing my Sudoku. And it's easy to pop away when food comes around or when drinks come around, right? So definitely, definitely, definitely like download some stuff beforehand And, you know, some people like neck pillows. I'm not a neck pillow girly. I pack a scarf in my hand luggage and the scarf is huge and it's like a blanket. So I can either put it around my knees as a blanket or I roll it up and put it under my neck and I use it as a pillow. Um, But it's big enough that I could actually use it as a pillow and a blanket by rolling up one end, putting it under my head and then having the rest sprawled over me like a blanket. Um, but it was a great purchase, Topshop, RIP. Um, love, 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 love. Would never travel without my, without my scarf, honestly. So yeah, that is a big section, entertainment and comfort. The next tip, and I know I feel like I'm just spewing tips at you all the time, is stay informed. Many of us, and I'm a victim of it, like are oblivious. You're just like, I know my flight is taking off at this time. I'm going to get there three hours before. Um, And that's just how life's going to be because I booked it. So it's going to be there. Life doesn't work like that. So keep an eye on flight updates, notifications from the airline, Like that's a good thing like by downloading their app is if you put in your flight information into the app, you get notifications on the flight, whether it's delayed, whether it's on time, whether it's canceled. Um, And it it can just tell you of any changes or delays or anything like that. And it saves you, especially if you're Um, doing maybe a connection in a different country with a different language and you don't understand what's going off over the tannoy, like staying informed and being informed is smart travel. And it makes you feel better. It makes you less stressed. And it's just better for everyone involved, right? Especially if you're solo traveling for the first time, especially if you're just solo traveling in general, knowing what's happening around you is really really important to making sure that your travels are fun, but also safe. And my last tip for surviving a beautiful long haul flight is, I think, I don't think a lot of people actually know this tip and I'm, and I'm shocked. I'm utterly shocked. What I'm going to say to you, okay, do not buy your seat in advance. Just buy your ticket. I know what you're saying. Bethany, why? Because when you check in via the mobile app or the website 24 hours before your flight boards, you have to pick a seat free of charge to confirm that you're on that flight. So all of those chumps when they bought their ticket and paid for a seat, That's dumb money that you're just throwing away 
because 24 hours before your flight, you have to pick one anyway for free. So why waste your money? I know. I want a window seat. I want the specific seat. Okay. Be there right at 24 hours before your before your flight time. Make an alert in your calendar to let you know that you should be checking into your flight right now to make sure you get the seat you want. Honestly, a seat makes or breaks your long haul flight. Some people like the aisle seat, so they have easy access to walk about. Maybe they want to stretch their legs. Maybe they just prefer to not have anybody beside them because they feel like they want more open air by having the aisle. Some people like the window seat because they like to film cute content. They like putting their head off against the side. They like seeing the outside world as they fly by it. Some people are weirdos and like the middle seat. I don't know. There's a few of them out there. Um, but don't waste your money. Don't do it. Just check in 24 hours before, pick your seat free of charge, and you'll probably get the seat you want. I do not pay for my seat beforehand. I don't. I don't. It's awful. Because I remember I picked my seat once and there's a clause in it that says that even though you've picked your seat and paid for it, the airline can move you within five rows of the seat that you've picked. So they can move you five rows forward or they can move you five rows back from the seat that you've picked. And I paid money press that seat. So I was sat next to my friend on a flight from Orlando back home. And guess what? I didn't get it. And that was the first time I was flying with without my parents, just me and my friend. And we were three rows apart. And we couldn't do anything because it was in the terms and conditions that they were allowed to do that. But now Thomas Cook, you're no longer. So meh, whose fault is it now? Anyway. <laughs> oh, Sorry, RIP Thomas Cook. It's okay. You were great. Honestly, you were great. Um, So hopefully those tips you really, really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun making this episode. Um, Shout out to everybody that suggested this episode. I hope you took a lot of nuggets of information. I just word vomited for about 30 minutes there. That was wild. Um, But I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please reach out to me on my socials. I am Brit in the six, spelled out like S-I-X. On Instagram and TikTok, please join me. I'd love to hear from you. Introduce yourself. I love to make friends. And we'll see you in two weeks for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. See you soon.